Welcome to the Legion Outriders podcast, a member of the Radio Free Tattooing Network. You must unlearn what you have learned. Your source for the latest Legion news, opinion, and analysis. You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. John Archiquette. Will somebody get this big walking carpet out of my way? Matt Turner. I'm not afraid. And Joshua Gray. You will be. What's going on, Outriders? John, Josh, and Matt here on this beautiful, windy day here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Coming to you live from Power 9 Games. And it's a good week to be alive and a good week to be a Star Wars fan. Yes, it is. We've got all kinds of tasty news to talk about this week. Ooh, boy, I'm so excited. I, I think I'm pretty happy to be alive every week. <laughs> so That's true. I don't want it starting off too dark, but... <laughs> Thanks, bud. If, if, if you want to go grim dark, well, there's another game uh, out there that you can go play that. Um, well, yeah. I thought I mean, this I week can, we talked but... a little bit about ex- existentialism along oh, with yeah, our Star Wars. No. You know, like I feel like that's an important thing to talk about. Confronting our, our own over. mortality <laughs> and the existential dread that it accompanies. Uh, but I, I, we'll start with Star Wars for right now. Okay, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Star Wars, good, yeah. I was tr- just trying to put my philosophy degree to you somehow, you know. Yeah. Philosophy degree? <laughs> no, no, God, okay. No. Just, well, I don't, I don't know. With the hipster beard, you <laughs> yeah, might. Uh, man. I don't know, man. I plan uh, to have my body frozen in carbonite. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a lot of good stuff to talk about this week, guys. We've got uh, some Alex Davies email frequently asked questions that have been uh, floating around there on the the various social media groups the, and the intertubes yeah yeah and i don't think it's 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 fair to call it a frequently asked question because <laughs> it's a frequently argued about minutia is really True. kind of what a lot of these things are so yeah there's that well a lot They've of us got fam though so <laughs> yeah yeah a lot of us have been you know taking advantage of the fact that we actually have a creator of the game who is engaged with the community and we are you know, exploiting that to the nth degree by, awesome. <laughs> by yeah. emailing him with every little minutia that we possibly have which you know we appreciate it, Alex Davy, for, <laughs> for. And if you'd like to come on the show and talk about it sometime, please We'd reach love out. To have yeah. you, yes. <laughs> That's true because you know all we have are these you know copy pasted emails on forums. Which you know if we had his actual voice, that might even help a little bit more. Yeah. But... Because that one email from Alex Schmavies that uh, seemed totally <laughs> credible. That just says John wins every game. So. Wait. So Alex Davy at AOL.com is not yeah, his yeah. official <laughs> email address. <laughs> I mean, I let you play it that way once, but <laughs> we got some we got some other good stuff to talk about too. We're going to talk a little bit about the upcoming Han Solo trailer or the uh, the newest Han Solo trailer, which uh, brought a lot more interesting thing to light. We'll talk about that, and we'll take a look at what has been our favorite unit thus far because we've got a limited number of units to choose from, but some of them I think have been performing a little bit better on the tabletop than others. So we'll talk about our personal favorites with that, and of course, got some hobby and Star Wars news coming up. But first, we'll, uh, we'll recap some of the games we played this week. Now, Matt, did you get a chance to play any games this week? Yeah, I got a couple in. I uh, had a really great one uh, over the weekend with uh, Joe. I, I posted a little bit in our little Facebook group. But uh, I was trying out my Naked Rebels list. Basically, it was just kind of a concept to see if I could even, you know, perform. But uh, it, it was pretty interesting. It was Luke with the only upgrade in the list because I had five points left over. So he had Jedi Mind Trick. I didn't use it once. And then I had two T-47 airspeeders, three naked ATRTs, and then uh, three units of just minimum Rebels. And uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a terrain-heavy board, so mostly it was uh, my troopers running from cover to cover. We were trying to uh, score objectives that were pieces of terrain. So mostly I was trying to keep my guys hidden while I sent my ATRTs out to uh, at least tie up objectives, if not free them up. And while my uh, speeders kind of skirt around the board trying to shoot things up, get rid of his scoring units, uh, to uh, pretty good effect. I, I'm, I'm becoming a fan of the double uh, airspeeder kind of build out, and I'm going to be playing with it some more. Uh, overall, the list was a lot of fun. Uh, I had eight activation tokens, so that was pretty crazy. Uh, no long range comms made it kind of difficult to plan exactly when things were going to happen but overall it was a very close game uh i I might eventually play it again i might fine-tune a little bit more but uh yeah it was a lot of fun so that particular mission though that's Mm -hmm. probably the worst one you can have for having only three 
units of, of troopers because well, the you ones didn't that need score, no. Right? Uh, no, this is just one that uh, your unit leader has to be in base okay, contact okay. with it. So, so your ATRT. Yeah, or, they were okay. contesting and scoring, and yeah, it was uh, it was pretty interesting though. Uh, Vader was surprisingly everywhere on the table. The they the objectives tend to be a little bit clustered in the middle, so he was able to cover quite a bit and take out the ATRTs. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty good. Josh, you getting games in this week? I did. Before, I, how did the kicky ATRTs work? Uh, not bad. Like, they, like because I mean, yeah. when, when you run an ATRT naked, the 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 biggest weapon you have at your disposal is now the fact that it's a melee unit. You're basically running an ATRT as a melee unit. So, yeah. how does kicky ATRTs but, work? But so, at forty points, I mean, you can't really sure, yeah, you can't nice. really complain about that. 50, 55? something. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, but really cheap uh, for having you know uh, some wounds and the armor special rule. But uh, I ended up only getting one into combat, and he did you know kick about three rebels to death. So that was awesome before Vader decided to come in, which was kind of what I was hoping to do was to draw Vader away from the other objectives. I, I sent him to the far side of the table one. And then the other two just kind of camped on the middle objective while my troops held down the close one. So as for that, that was, you know, mission successful. They they, they died where they were supposed to and uh, tied up his resources. So uh, were they terribly effective at killing stuff? Eh, you know, they killed a couple dudes, but... Then again, like the other guys weren't engaged at all. They were just kind of sitting there hunkering down trying to say, don't ignore me until the end of the game. So. <laughs> now, Josh, what was the uh, the game that you played this week? So I got a game in uh, this week with one of our local players, Sean. Um, and it was my first mirror match as far as the units that were on the table. Uh, we were both running Imperialists. Uh, Vader, three, troops, uh, three units of troopers, uh, full up upgrades uh our upgrades were a little bit different he had scopes i had grenades he had three dlts i had two dlts and a, and a missile launcher um bikes and then an atst each side um his atst had the uh the, the twin 88 side cannon okay uh, i had the mortar launcher um i kind of uh, the 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 map kind of worked against me because we ended up playing long march so, um, you know, the, the mortar launcher doesn't do as great when you've got a very compressed, narrow field um, because there's a lot more cover down the field for, for people to hide behind. So um, I ended up winning, but it was a really, really close match. We had the, um, we had the I think it was Secure the Transmissions, mm -hmm. where you have to score the objectives after the end of two, four, and six. Okay. Yeah. Um, I actually ended up with fewer minis and units on the table at the end of the game um but through maneuver and kind of some feints and kind of uh, effectively pinned him into the back um was able to dash out and get more people uh going into the last round the scoring was three to two and going into the last round i was able to rush enough people into that middle objective to have two units in range to his one okay. um and uh, so I ended up winning five to four. What was basically how that ended up. Coming. Pretty close because each of us had the objective on the end, um, and then I scored the objective there in the middle. So it was uh, it was surprisingly close. Okay, but nice. uh, yeah, it was a great game um, for somebody that's never really played a whole lot of tabletop wargaming. The concept of losing more guys but still winning the game was something that was I'm like, hey, that's kind of neat. Yeah, play your objective. You can't yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah play, you play the objective. So. Um, you know, I was able to use Vader uh, a little bit more mobile and kind of threaten his backfield a little bit, um, the, the way the kind of the flow of, of the battle was going. Um, so as, as he retreated units back, I was then able to bring B Vader back out into the middle, which helped me score the objective. And you know, his last activation, he had two units sitting there, uh, a Vader with seven health left and his Vader left to activate. Uh, or a full-up unit of stormtroopers right there, and you know you gotta hope you get lucky and get six hits, and you can kill the whole squad. Um, but um, but I prevailed, yay! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you never you never ended up with Vader against Vader. Um, no, they actually because of the way they activated a battle meditation and the free dodge token from Master of Evil and all of that. Um, we just thought it was better to not risk having your you know your vader go get a bunch of stuff deflected back at them and then hmm. have your vader wiped out right yeah so um yeah our, our vader is just kind of 
glared menacingly at each other <laughs> in the middle of the field while we went to murder each other's troopers. So nice. yeah. I, I like to think there was some grudging respect between the two leaders. <laughs> like, hmm, yeah. I like that guy. Yeah. Reminds me a style. lot of me. Well, the only the only game I got a chance to play this week was actually against Matt, and uh, you were trying out you your, a game? your uh, oh, dual yeah, we did play game. your yeah, dual ATST list. Yeah, it was uh, Sunday. That was horrible. <laughs> what did you think of that combination? Not, not to spoil the outcome of that game too much, but uh, no, it was fun. Uh, I feel like I still haven't gotten the whole double ATST uh, thing down because with our game. I think it was like turn two, you put 10 crits into my ATS, one of my ATSTs, and it went yeah. down <laughs> so fast. I don't even, and, and then we started out with the, uh, the heavy coverage or the, uh, the overcast. So I couldn't shoot. Yeah, you, you kind of you shot yourself in the foot right in the get-go um, yeah. when it came to setting up the, the, mis- the, the pre-game the game, mission yeah. cards. Yeah, because the way it's set up, I don't remember exactly what the card layout was, but you you basically set it up so I was able to get both the fog of war yeah and uh, one of them I couldn't have prevented the other one I could have yeah. if I was a little bit smarter yeah but, so uh, I am not, we ended so. up having uh, I think it was just the normal uh, deployment setup with the corners mm-hmm. uh, not the yes. not the four corners but the two corner one yeah the two opposite corners yeah, yeah. and then um, yeah having having the the first two turns not having to be able to shoot long distance that kind of hurt you. Um, and then, yeah, the <laughs> the ATR, we'll talk about that a little bit later on, not to, to spoil what my favorite unit's going to be, but that, uh, <laughs> Jeez, the Gatling cannon, it's the Gatling cannon ATRT. Let me, let me go ahead and let that one out of the bag. It did oh, work. Cow. It did work. It did. Let's <laughs> not bury the lead here, folks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. But that was the only game I got, I got in this week. Um, but uh, I'm looking forward to getting some more games in before Veers drops. But you've been doing some painting though. Right? I've been doing a lot of painting. Okay. Uh, those those ATSTs that were on the board after uh, he demolished them, yeah, they look a little <laughs> different than than they did b- beforehand. Um, they got a chance to, to paint those up this week, and uh, I think they turned out pretty nice. Matt, no, what do you I, think? I, They're I, your ATSTs. So. Yeah, no, I, I love the crap out of them. So the question is, is how much painting of your own stuff have you been doing this week? None. <laughs> good, good. I, <laughs> yeah. I have a little bit of a backlog of things that I need to get done for people, so. Um, I've got my rebels, my rebel army done, and that was what I was most concerned about. Um, beyond that, I'll, I'll start working on some other things. You start working but, on that second airspeeder, huh? Yeah, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I only have one airspeeder. I got to do your airspeeders now. Oh yeah, yeah. So you need to do three airspeeders. <laughs> I got to do your airspeeders, the other half of your rebel box set. Yeah. All of the bases for all your units. So. God, man, it's been like <laughs> days. Why aren't these done? Oh, it's almost like I almost like don't have a life or anything. Yeah. <laughs> and playoff hockey. Not, and, and, not to step outside of the, the Star Wars world right now, but playoff hockey in Las Vegas, baby. Yeah, and I know we have a lot of listeners out there in California, but right now, come on, you guys are the evil empire. We gotta we gotta take down the kings. California's always the evil empire. <laughs> I, I'm as somebody from California, I I don't like the kings either. So <laughs> don't want to go out fan. on a limb. Yeah, not really. But uh, hey, yeah, Golden Knights, yay. So getting back into Star Wars stuff, what is the big Star Wars news we've got going on right now? What is the internet abuzz with? Well, we finally got a launch date for Veers. That's a so big one. So the 26th, that's super cool. Um, no Snowtrooper, though. What up with that? I don't know. I don't know if it's a, maybe a shipping issue or... I have no idea, but uh, they, they have updated the uh, shipping info for Veers, uh, and we were assuming it was going to be a double drop. Veers, Snowtroopers, boom. That's how we've been, you know, we got our little pre-order tags out and everything. And uh, still no day for snowtroopers, so I have no idea what's going on there. But if you had to pick one unit that you needed more than the other one, which one are you going to pick? Oh, Veers. Absolutely. Princess Leia. <laughs> okay, I Was mean, I'm, not an option? I'm, with you. I'm with you on that as a rebel okay. player. But if you had to choose between Veers... No, definitely Veers and- is the more necessary of the two right now, just so you can, you know, have more flexibility in your list structure and building. Yeah. For Empire, but no, uh, I, I think there's definitely going to be some play for Snowtroopers. But I, I think that what's going to shift the way the game plays right off the bat, it's going to be Veers. So I, my 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 deepest darkest fear right now is we had always been assuming that okay, it's going to be Lear Snowtroopers done. That's a wave. Then it's going to be Leia Fleet Guard. Boom. That's another wave. And then they're going to do each wave a month. Is it now going to be okay? Veers is this month. 
Snowtroopers is next month, then Leia, then Fleet Guard, and then suddenly it's next year, and we've got five new units. Coming October 2018 (laughs) on Solo and Rebel Commandos. I really hope that's it. They're just maybe a week or two away from announcing the uh, Snowtroopers. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed, stay optimistic, and say that's probably what it is. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah, and we still haven't seen a, a Snowtroopers preview article yet. You know, we got the Veers one last week. We haven't. We've seen the announcement article. Some sweet art with a flamethrower for the uh, GameCube stuff. Yeah, please make that an alt art card. (laughs) FFG, please, because that artwork is awesome. So that's. I mean, that's good news for the Star Wars Legion game, and you know, for I guess something we've already expected for a while. But yeah. I think the the big news was the the solo trailer. Yeah, the second solo trailer came out too. To uh, I, I actually, I think I enjoyed it more than the other ones. Yeah, I mean, you saw a lot more. Like the the first little bit, the first trailer you saw, you know, new Han wasn't really working. For yeah, me. you know, you're like, oh, I don't know if I like this guy. You, on you solo. get a little bit more personality yeah. and charisma yeah. in this yeah. uh, one than the others. So. I, still, there's a lot of people calling him, you know stiff and he's saying he's not as expressive now, granted like it's really hard to mimic the charisma the natural charisma that oh, harrison God. ford has yeah because i mean let's face it that dude is you know he is han solo so it's hard it's hard well, to replace yeah. that uh, but i've got a really good feeling about this now so <laughs> great line from the trailer yeah. I, I like <laughs> to that take, yeah to take something that and i know there's probably a legion of fanboys out there that are all torqued off that you know, oh, where's where's my I've got a bad feeling about this. And, oh, you know, that's where's been my in Will every scream yeah. and all of this stuff. <laughs> you know, to to see them turn that up on, on their head, it's just oh god. It, that's up. I mean, and and you're gonna disagree with me on this, John. You know, there were a lot of artistically bold choices in the Last Jedi. Um, things that kind of broke convention, and I, okay, he, you're looking at me funny. Too. Oh, like I'm, I'm uh, curious what you could be talking about. Well, that, that, that's a discussion for another time. Um, but you're seeing a lot of this in the solo trailer, or at least in the trailers that we've seen. Yeah. You're seeing that in solo too, where they're not afraid to break convention. Um, you know, Star Wars movies have kind of followed a very uh, wrote script as far as you know they're very western serial they're very kurosawa film ish um the last jedi really kind of broke that mold completely um so it, it looks like they're going to go and do that really with with solo too so i'm excited see and i'm not i'm far from a fanboy who's gonna you know just totally write off anything that doesn't follow canon to the t like there's a few there's a few things that you i guess you have to stay with like the kessel run has to be a thing hot and chewy you know they're a thing like, like his you know winning the millennium falcon off of lando calrissian those are staple items that, that have to be incorporated everything else i'm happy to have them use artistic license you know come up with whatever you want to do as long as it doesn't you know just completely detract from the overall you know space opera of or you know space western of the star wars universe um that said from a star wars legion standpoint what kind of things do you think we're going to see now with uh what what has possibility to be incorporated later on and and see i don't even know if that's a question that you can answer because we haven't seen ffg's strategy for how they're going to mine anything that isn't the original trilogy sure yeah we haven't seen anything outside of the original trilogy yet so, you know, are we going to see stuff from the prequels? Are we going to get a clone army? Um, you whoa, know, whoa, are we going whoa, to start whoa, getting whoa. units from Rogue One? So, yeah, uh, yeah let's, let's not know. mix the streams here. You know, prequel <laughs> is aside. Well, sure. This is part but, of the kind of the more prime galactic Civil War era. Sure, it's on the early end right. as a young Han Solo, but seeing a unit of range troopers, sure. I think why we not? can see that. Or yeah. they look like from the very small glimpse we saw, was there an ATST variant well, in it's there? It's an ATDT, I believe, is what it's referred to okay. in, in some of the stuff that's come out now. Um, Which I believe is Alterine Del Taco. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I wish Del Taco. Oh, Del Taco. So yummy. Wow, really? Okay. <laughs> anyway, didn't know you had such a uh, reaction for the cheap burritos. But, I mean, it's got, like, two cannons up on the top of it, and it looks a little bit lower slung. So it looks like it's like a like a siege walker almost, um, but it's not as big as, as an ATST. Um, so, huh. yeah, so it looks like there's a lot of... And, of course, you only see it on the screen for maybe a second yeah. during the thing, uh, during the trailer. But, you know, who knows? But, you know, 
not not counting like the prequels or the sequels, you know, we haven't seen anything yet out of Rogue One. We haven't seen anything yet out of Rebels, which seems like that might be a a much more rich ground to start mining up. Sure, um, but they also might want to get the new hot involved as well. Sure, you know, well, like oh, I just saw these guys in that movie. And, I'm very and, interested in yeah. seeing them playing little games with them. The speculation over in the in the X-wing community is we're going to see a third Falcon now. With, yep. which is the new one. We're going to see the heavy TIE fighter. Yep. It's got like the offset solar panel and the kind of the two guns there in the middle. So, you know, people are, are, are anticipating that you're going to see kind of more releases out of this. Um, I mean, X-Wing's a game that there's 70 releases out there already. So, sure. you know, they, they, can, they can go there. Um, whether we're going to see young Han with new Han, you know, on the Rebel side, who knows? That might be a little while. Right. Yeah, I mean, but from what we've seen on there, I mean, like, there's a good chance Lando at some point, because even being included in the original trilogy, sure. he's probably going to be a character at some point. Well, one thing that we see with FFG is that they they cluster releases based off of uh, time frames. Uh, yeah. You know, things are, they, they did an entire push of Rogue One ships all at the same time. They did sure. an entire push of the Force Awakens ships all all at the same time. Oh, yeah. Time. It'd be kind of disjointed if you got a unit of clone troopers with, like, Lobot. Right. So, so right now, as, yeah. as FFG is kind of, looks like they're filling out that original trilogy roster, to me, it would seem a little inconsistent for them to go, okay, here's, um, you know, here's the Bespin wing guard troops with, mm-hmm. you know, Lobot or whatever, the blue guys. And then here's solo Lando Calrissian, right? Yeah. You would want the Lando that's the Billy D. Williams to go with that, that release. Um, I want a cloud car, too, now that we're talking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cloud, cloud cars would be great. Um, so, you know, that, that's what FFG likes to do. They like, sure. to, they like to cluster everything around certain releases. Themes you know, and time we're about to get In X-Wing, we're about to get a Saw's Renegades and a TIE Reaper, which is the, the transport TIE that you yeah. saw in Rogue One. You know, they're doing those together. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, you know and, and what, what Lando do you want? Do you want Donald Glover? Do you want Billy D. Williams? Yes. Yeah, exactly. exactly, yeah. But, <laughs> How do you do two Landos in the same game? How do you do two Hans, right? I mean... So, there. I mean, there's obviously a precedent in other games, and they'll just have alternate sculpts. Well, sure. Or but... they will actually have, you know, they've got the unique keyword uh, associated with their cards. Well, guess what? Pick pick a Lando. I mean, we, we've got it in X-Wing. There's precedence. There's Chewbacca the pilot. There's Chewbacca the pilot. There's Chewbacca the crewman. Right. They yeah, all have so. different abilities. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the problem that you end up having with that kind of a thing is, you know, people still fly, you know, you, you might have an older new Han. Mm-hmm. You know, you might have the, the solo Han, who's younger but then better than the new old Han. I'm confusing myself here. <laughs> you confused me like minutes the ago. The legacy so. Han Solo. Okay. But because you've got legacy Han Solo and he came out first, well, I've got to give you a reason to buy the new young Han Solo so I make him better than the old one. You just give him different synergies or something like that. Yeah, maybe one, of them, on the one of them does you know, the more stealthy, you know, kind of roll solo, excuse the pun, I know it's not my job to make oh puns, but you know, <laughs> stepping you know, on my toes here, man. <laughs> the guy that you know goes off on his own and does his own thing, and then you've got maybe the general Han Solo, you know, di- you know, different, sure. different, you know, oh, different tactics. But we way tangented this discussion. Yeah, I know. Didn't. Okay, yeah. Where did we start off again? What, what's going on? Well, really, I was just you know trying to mention you know like if they were going to incorporate any of the, the the new vehicles that we saw, but you know. Let's get through our ATSTs and maybe ATATs in the future before we start worrying about ATBTs. We'll have that train for the galactic play. Or... Right. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, talking about vehicles, uh, talking about our hobby news here, uh, one of the things I want to talk about this week for hobby is weathering vehicles. And doing your ATSTs, mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of different different ways of doing the ATST model, or, and the airspeeder for that matter. You mean more than just gray? More than just gray. Well, okay. I mean, look at Josh. Josh did his, you know, black and purple and gray. So we don't talk about him. It's dark pink. <laughs> dark yeah. pink. <laughs> so there's lots of different ways you can do it, but we've seen varying degrees of weathering. You know, for people who don't know, you know, weathering is battle damage. It's 
just you know, looks like it's been out and used in the world. It's existed before it rolled off of the factory line. Exactly. And, and if you want, you can keep yours pristine and, and neat looking. You know, it's one way to do it. I like myself to, you know, damage them up a little bit because I, you know, hate the Empire. And <laughs> I want to make it look like they lost a couple battles first. But uh, there's a different not a number of different ways to do it. Um, now, for the ones that I use with yours in particular, um, I use an airbrush uh-huh. first. And... That it does change the way that you do your painting because with an airbrush you don't have to you know go through and dry brush things like you do with a, a you know normal paintbrush, and I like to use an airbrush because you avoid getting the paint strokes on there, the stroke marks, and it just it looks a little cleaner, which is ironic since you're talking about weathering. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you, you like to do a much prettier battle damage. Yeah. Than something that looks more authentic. No, I just like did not have like the, the yeah, actual marks. Oh, I know what you mean. Trust me. But you, you did some actual really nice chipping kind of techniques where it looks like yeah. the, the metal is kind of showing from underneath the paint job where it's chipped away. Did you actually use something to do that chipping, or did you paint it in by so hand? So there's two different ways to do that, mm-hmm. and one is called well, lightly called the the salt technique or the hairspray right. technique, where you would actually spray your base coat and then spray some hairspray on once the, the paint is dried you spray some hairspray on top of it put a little table salt on there and there's actually chipping solutions that'll do it for you but if you want to do just the you know at home method put a little salt on there spray over the layer that you want on top of that and once that dries take a toothbrush under water like under running water and just scrub off that salt Huh. And it'll create that that uh, chipping effect. And that's more for like a rust look, right? You can to, do to, sure to do a more natural rust look. Yep, you can do that with like a little brown underneath, mm-hmm. and then do the salt. You can do it that way. Um, they make pigments. Uh, Vallejo pigments are really nice. I've used those before in the past for rust. Um, GW makes a really good uh, product called Typhus Corrosion, and it's like this gritty dirt material. And you can you can use that, and then on top of that, once that dries dry brush Rizza rust on top and it gives that that dirty rust effect and that works really nice too there's a number of different tutorials you can find online for doing that um now for the chipping that i did on yours what i i took was uh the bolt gun metal mm-hmm. oh, i'm sorry lead belcher yes yes I'm going uh, old school GW here. <laughs> it's the it's the darker silver so any any paint will work that's a dark silver or you take a regular silver and mix it with a little bit of black but take a darker silver and use any little sponge mm-hmm. um or you know, really dirty, just nasty paintbrush that you wouldn't use in anything else, and just catch the edges. You know, maybe maybe a good three, four millimeters in, go along the edges and just you know asymmetrically just make some yeah. patterns. Less is more in these kind of situations. Exactly, because you always add more, but if you you know you don't want it to be too overboard, just right. start out in in small patches and work your way up. Uh, once that dries, I take a lighter silver, so you can do like the Stormhost silver for for GW. Um, you know, Vallejo makes a number of, of lighter silver colors, but take those and using the same technique, except for just a little closer to the edge and just a little more sparse mm-hmm. and go along the real sharp edges of that. And you can make a really, you know, really nice paint chipping effect. Makes it look like, you know, had that was the impact off. point. That, exactly. You know. Yeah. So, and, and you can do it in the, in the center of a flat panel too, if you want to make it look like it caught a rocket in the wrong spot or something like that. So there's a number of different techniques <laughs> and, you know, those Ewoks chucking rocks at the ACST right? is like, oh, no, real battle damage. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, but, you, you, you know, a number of different places, a number of ways to do it. Um, I like to darken the joint areas a little bit to make it look like, you know, the grease stains and things like that. Um, you know, look, look up some, some photos on Google of, of tanks and things, and you can find some really nice natural weathering, weathering yeah. patterns. Now, have you ever done anything with like the uh, like caked mud effects on like the treads or the underneath the vehicle? Yep. Yeah. So all of my my GW tanks. I know we don't have any tanks in Star Wars Legion yet, but for yet. things like that, yeah. yet, yeah, <laughs> fingers crossed. But yeah. I mean, even the feet for an ATST. Mm-hmm. If you if you you know want to do something like that, that typhus corrosion works great for that. Oh, okay. Um, you can build up with typhus corrosion that kind of gets a real gritty look to a darker brown. Um, you can even take some of the the GW effects like uh, Devlin mud and actually put that. There. The, the textures exactly and, yeah, yeah, the texture paints and things like that yeah, those work great um you can use the uh, grell and earth that they have which is actually like a, a crackle paint okay and that kind of works well if you just brush that on there you know not too thick nice. but just enough to actually get the dusting effect i think it works really nice and, and you can get that uh that well-worn appearance yeah and i think that's probably even more so for like the rebel players that usually 
especially in the movies, they have that kind of beat up, you know, this yeah. is secondhand. We've got Clone Wars tech that we dug out of storage that we're using up. Would you say those techniques probably apply very well for them too? Oh, absolutely. You just yeah. might want to take yep. that extra step further. Yeah, I did that with all my ATRTs. I did the same chipping effect on all those. Um, I, my Lance or Airspeeder, mm -hmm. um, same thing. I actually, with those, because of the fact that I wanted to simulate kind of the the jet engine effect or whatever, there is some, some black streaking. Sure, the streaking that, that, up the sides. Exactly. Yeah. And mm -hmm. if anybody who's ever seen airplanes that aren't constantly repainted, if you can see, you know, the, the rain, you know, the rain streaking and stuff like that, that will gradually build up over time on an airplane. So I, you know, I kind of use that same effect on the, the speeder, but uh, you know, fun, fun techniques that you can use to, to make it look like it's not just this like crisp out of the box look. Oh yeah, no, for sure. And they definitely, go a long way to kind of telling the story of whatever your little happy band of uh, thugs or, or freedom <laughs> fighters have been going through. Well, I think it's about enough hobby news for the day. We're going to take a quick break here, and then we'll come back with your main topic. Tune in every Wednesday to Radio Free Tatooine, a Star Wars podcast that's better than some and worse than others. Take a trip to a water cooler far, far away as we bring some casual, fun conversation into the Star Wars podcasting community. Hosted by me, Sean, my sister Amy, and John. Radio Free Tattooing. We may not know what we're talking about, but we sure know how to record it. For more, visit RadioFreeTattooing.com, a proud member of the Radio Free Tattooing Podcast Network. You're listening to the Legion Outriders Podcast, a member of the Radio Free Tattooing Network, recorded on location at Power 9 Games. Whether you're looking for the latest releases from Legion, X-Wing, 40K, Magic, or any of our other extensive inventory of board and card games, head to Power9Games.com and use coupon code OUTRIDER10 to get 10% off your order. Plus, shipping is free on orders over $100. Now, back to the Outriders. And we're back with Legion Outrider Podcast. Now, we've got some big things to talk about this week. Some uh, scuttlebutt going on in the internet forums and we've had a, a number of rules, you know, issues that have kind of been brought up by people that while the, the rule books have been pretty good about covering most scenarios, there's always going to be just, you know, random things that people didn't see coming ahead of time and things we need to talk about. Thankfully, Alex Davies has been really good about getting back to people who've sent rules questions. And uh, Josh, what were what some of those questions that have come up? So uh, really three main things that, that, that I've seen as I've kind of gone through Reddit and every place else. Uh, two things that have been major sources of contention since the game, even before the game was released. Um, you know, what can you do to bases? Can you make your own custom bases? Um, and, and that's a thing because the way that the bases and the movement tool are shaped, you know, there, there's a, a faction out there on the internet and other forums that say that, well, if you don't have a beveled base, it doesn't, it, it will afford you more movement than you should get because it doesn't match up correctly. And it's like, you know, if you do a move, it's a two millimeter difference, one millimeter on each end, because you're not fitting that template in there correctly with just a, a base that's just cut at a 90 degree angle. And it's, it, it's perpendicular to the, the play mat, the edge, the edge of the base is perpendicular to play mat. You know, and there's people out there that say, oh, two millimeters, that's not a big deal, whatever. Um, you know, you can find scenarios where, yeah, you can play, you can play 10 games where it doesn't matter. Um, but then you play one game, like the game that I played uh, this past week. Um, Sean, on one of the rounds, was literally a millimeter away from scoring an objective. Um, you know, and... and we, we actually did kind of an old X-Wing trick where you hold down the, the objective token and you hold down the base and then you put the range ruler in between and if there's any wiggle room, well, then you're not within range one. Yeah. If it touches both bases, well, then you're within range one. That's kind of been the standard FFG way of measuring how they tell you if it's really close, hold down the bases, put a template in between, and if it fits, uh, you know, it's within range. If it doesn't fit, it's out of range. Had he been using different bases, he would have scored that objective, and that would have 
changed the tide of the game completely. So, uh, you know, there, there's edge cases where, yes, it will. You know, you can you can go back and forth on whether it's that big of a, of a game-breaking thing. Okay, well, so we know the arguments. What's the actual ruling? Now? Right, so somebody asked Alex Davey and said, hey, what can you do with bases? Uh, and, and I'm just going to go ahead and read his, his response verbatim from, from the email that Allegedly was, his response. Oh, oh allegedly. <laughs> allegedly um, that, was, um, that, that was posted up on the, uh, on the Facebook page. So it says, As long as the special bases are the same diameter as the Legion bases, that should be fine. And as long as you're... It, people also asked about modding uh, models. You know, yeah. doing, doing oh, yeah. kit bashes or whatever. Um, as long as your conversions do not drastically alter the shape of your minis... And those minis remain recognizable. So it's right now, you know, you just have stormtroopers. But once you have multiple units, you can't sit there and go, oh, are those the stormtroopers or the snowtroopers kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you should have no problems. We will have tournament guidelines out before much longer with some more details. But in general, the gist is we don't wish to be overly restrictive. It's a hobby game after all. Hope that helps. So... Yes, it does help. Thank you. Yes, it does help. But it also brings more questions because, okay, does it's it? got to be the same diameter. Well, Legion bases are different diameters at the bottom of the base and the top of the base. So, yeah, and, and this is where people are going overly rules lawyer, I think, with, with this topic. Um, but but it, I think it shows what their mindset is on that. And sure. the fact that he is not really trying to rules lawyer anything, yeah. that should probably set the tone for what the, you know, where people should stand on the rules. So it sure. sounds like the yeah the alien head swap guys for the rebels are a okay go Good ahead go. Yeah. yeah the stormtrooper on three foot long stilts you know probably not <laughs> so much. Yeah, and, and I think that's good. I, I think, honestly, it's one of those things where a tournament organizer is going to have to look at it and be like, all right, is this person trying to cheat the game or are they just trying to make a cool model that, you know, stays within, you know, the spirit of the game? Then, I, I you know, I feel like this sets a good precedent for Right, that. yeah. And, you know, it, it, it looks like everything's just going to be a, a casual kind of thing. It's not going to be overly restrictive. You know, the things for the bases for me coming from X-Wing, the rules there are, uh, aside from putting a layer of paint on it, you can't do anything to the base. Yeah, the fact like, that he said nothing. it's a hobby game right. is yeah. huge. Yeah, and that's a big thing. So, hey, your weapon's free to do whatever you want with your bases. It, it, it sounds like as long as you retain the same general shape and dimensions as the stock bases. I, and that's something people have been literally going, like, fighting with each other for weeks now, since even before the game came out. So it's really good to finally get a ruling there, and it sounds like... As soon as the tournament rules drop, we're going to have a much, much more clear idea of what people can do. So. Which hopefully will be sooner than soon. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the second thing that people have been kind of arguing about is a, is a rules as intended and rules as written kind of thing oh, with uh, Arsenal. Whether okay. the, the Arsenal 2 from General Weiss stacks with the Arsenal 2 that's already on the ATST. Now you would think of that and go, well General Weiss came with the ATST, duh, that makes it Arsenal 4. Mm -hmm. But there are some folks out there that, that that are looking at the verbiage of what's in the rule books and saying, well no, it doesn't stack because it says keywords apply to dice pools. Well, Arsenal isn't a dice pool, it's selecting weapons kind of thing. Um, so they emailed they they emailed Mr. Davey again, and the, the the response you got back is yes, that's an oversight uh, in the wording in the rule books. It does stack. Cool. All right. Yeah. So yeah, and, and that's makes you know, perfect sense. That's a, that's a yep. perfect rules as intended kind of thing. Um, the one thing I found, and I found this today, that uh, you know one of those things that you look at it and you go, well, no, of course you can't do that. Uh, I didn't even realize it was an issue. But with the HH-12, the missile launcher for the Imperials, that cumbersome keyword says you can't fire if you move during, if, you can't attack if you moved during this unit's activation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, and I'm, I might be getting the wording a, a little bit wrong, but basically, if this spot unit, on. Yeah. You, you can't attack in an activation which this unit moved. Okay. Okay. Fair. So people said, well, what if I put a standby token down and somebody else moves and then I shoot? Well, I'm not attacking during my unit's activation. I'm attacking during your unit's activation. So that started a big topic on, on the FFG forums of people going, well, no, you're, that's, that's kind of a, you're, you're, you're cheesing the system, yada, yada. And they emailed Alex Davey, and he was like, 
why, yes, yes, you can attack with a standby I, I totally after you move. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, and this just that's cool. That just increases the viability of an HH12. It sure does. Because Absolutely. now, yeah, sure, you've got a, you know a unit that moves within range two to activate that standby, but that doesn't restrict your HH12 from having to shoot at that unit. Right. So if you've got a juicy ATST sitting across the board that's within range four, you can still you can shoot at that now, even though that's not within that standby range. Exactly. Are you kidding me right yeah. now? Well, Holy because you cow. can split fire. If yeah. another unit moves into the standby range, nothing in the standby says, I don't think, says you have to perform an attack against that unit. It just says if a unit moves or performs an action within range one to two, you may perform a move or attack action. I think there's maybe some room for some more clarification some coming more clarification down the pipe. In yeah. there, sure. But, but um, Alex Davies' uh, actual response to this is, yes, a unit performing an attack thanks to a standby token can indeed use a cumbersome weapon, even if it moved during its activation. Yeah, I totally would have gotten that yeah. one wrong. Yeah, so would I. I mean, I look at that and go, well, it moved, it can't shoot. Yeah. Oh, well. And then, the, the, hey, but, no, that's cool. Yeah, I'm that's, all for that's, it. That's, 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 that's actually really nice. And I think that balances it out well with the, uh, the other weapon, because I think a lot of people were taking that instead of the HH-12. So uh, that's good. It'll, it'll, sure. you know, see, we'll see a little bit more of balance with, uh, with some of the lists from well, the Imperials. Or now. you just stay out of range, too. Right, or that you, too. you move within range three. Yeah, you, you know, you move just or, outside of range two. You shoot them, make them dump the suppression dump the token. Suppre yeah. yeah, and then yeah. you just basically give them what for. I was going to use some much more colorful terms there, <laughs> but um, yeah, because <laughs> usually to do that kind of thing, you've got to hang a unit outside of cover or something like that to get them into position. Uh, which makes them more vulnerable to the, any kind of return fire because you're you're out there, you're undodged tokened usually. Yeah. Um, you know, there's any number of negatives to doing that kind of a thing. Um, I've tried standby actions a couple of times, and maybe I'm just using it wrong, but it's never really worked out for me. So it's a it's a it's a dynamic that we're gonna have to figure out is. more yeah. as we go along, and we're, we're gonna start seeing with you know with the rebel. Uh, Fleet Troopers, we're going to start seeing some more use for the standby tokens as well. So it'll be something I'm sure that we'll see incorporated into the game more often um, as we go along. I mean, that's great that, that Alex has, you know, been good enough to, to reach out, and we encourage him to, to keep doing that because I think that's what this community it, needs. Yeah, it's a nice stopgap until the official documents start, still uh, keep coming out. But I'm sure as soon as they do, people will have different questions that come along, or they will introduce new ones. So, hey, yeah. it's, it's nice to have a, a line of communication. And I think that's part of the reason why they have this, uh, you know, the online rule book, something mm -hmm. that can be, you know, updated constantly as opposed to something you have to buy, you know, the first and second and third and fourth and fifth editions of a game to, to get, you know, the new rule sets. Now, one thing that, that Alex, or the, well, FFG at least, did release this week was uh, a little bit of information on the organized play. And I'm pretty excited about this because it, it looks like they're, uh, they're rolling this out in a way that is going to be... Helpful for people who have schedules. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like Josh. Yes. Who, who can't make it to tournaments because yes. he's a special, special oh, banana. No, no. <laughs> what is that? Tuesday oh, in the second week of yeah, a waiting yeah, moon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only if a westerly breeze blows across the tumbleweeds. I'm busy, man. But uh, at least, so uh, we talked about this, well, uh, I talked about this with Zach uh, a couple of weeks ago. I think it was a show three or something. But uh, talking about these uh, season kits that are going to be coming out. Uh, and it's, it's kind of cool because it, the, regardless of your size of the community or the store you play at or anything like that, you'll have options for getting games in. Uh, the main points are that uh, there's a weekly league set up. There's basically, so there's going to be four missions in each of these packs that are supposed to be run. Uh, the weekly league allows you to match up against other players at a pre-scheduled time each week for four weeks. Boom, you show up. That's, that's kind of like your shop night, or you can set up somebody something with an opponent and say, okay, we're going to get through. We're going to play these series of games and go through. Uh, Rivals League allows you to pair against a single rival for all four games, scheduling those games for whenever you can play them uh, at the host store. So that's kind of like, 
I, I see that with uh, really small communities, like maybe you only have three or four guys that are playing. Cool, you know, just set up a, a, a series of games against these people. Or if you've Everybody got somebody can... who sits across from you who just talks mad crap about your rebels all the time, keeps calling you a terrorist, maybe you just really you just want, want to put pound them, in the them into submission yeah, for a yeah. month straight. Matt, why do you got to talk about the rebels like that? <laughs> the, the guys I play equally as much as the Empire, yes. <laughs> And then uh, you can always just do a classic single-day event uh, uh, that features all four battles. Uh, I know we probably won't be doing that. I think the, the most we can get people to sit still for is three games top. So we might end up looking into splitting it into, like, two different events during uh, a month. Four games in one day, man. Pack a lunch. That's Yeah, or walk five feet outside the door. Well, there's that too, but, but yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's a long day of... Of, uh, of awesome gaming, gaming fun. Well, yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it's a bad experience. It's just, you know, that's the kind of time investment that is used... You're used to for like store championships, regional championships, kind of big events. Four games, yeah. you know, maybe two hours. So, you know, you start at noon, you get done around 8.30, maybe 9 o'clock. Yeah, see, for that's me, that's, that's... That's hard. That's, I'm not a fan of that. I definitely prefer having one game a week, two, you know, maybe two games a week, and space that out over the time period. But the great you thing about you filthy this... casuals, oh my god! <laughs> oh, I'm not a casual. It's just you know, it's. Yeah, it's I, but this, yeah. but this leaves the option open for however your store yeah. or the gamers want to operate. I think that's great having that's that flexibility. That's the big thing. Yeah. Uh, so everybody should be able to get on the fun. Sounds like they're going to have some awesome uh, promo Arobesh. Uh, full art command cards and things like that coming in the first kit. So, yeah, definitely check into your local uh, store to see if uh, how to get involved. Now, as I read through that, and, and I may have misread it wrong, but the only option in there that I that I saw that includes any kind of Swiss pairings is the if you do all four in one day. If, yeah, something if you like do, that. If you do, whether you do the weekly or the rivals, mm -hmm. you are. The, the weekly one, you are paired randomly against somebody, yeah. but then you play that one person for all four games. Yeah, um, for the rivals. Yep. The, the rival, no, no, for the weekly one. No. For the rivals one, you pick your opponent and you play them for the entire four games. And, and maybe I read that wrong, but the way that it looked like the weekly one read is you're randomly paired against one person and then you play that same person for all four. Nope. It does not say anything about it. It doesn't say that? Nope. What, what, what? You're, you're just meeting up and playing one of the scenarios. It doesn't matter who you're playing against okay. or which scenario. See, and that's, that seems odd to me because the way the scenarios... No, the rivals is you pick one guy and you go through all four missions together. Okay, uh, because... You've got your dancing partner. Now go go fight. Because looking at the, looking at the, the operations, you know, they branch. So if you won one game then that brings you into a, you know, okay, the winner, you know, you, you do this, red team wins, here's the scenario for the next game. Oh, blue team wins, here's a different scenario for the next game. Where does it say about the branching? I'm not seeing that. Um, it's in the actual operations. So oh, okay. if you go onto the FFG website um, and under their tournament resources things, the the... So those operations that are on there were for the, the season launch one kits. kits. Yeah, right. so that but is they're not gonna do the same. They're, oh, okay. It sounds like they're doing the same thing. You know, there's going to be each each season, which is going to run mm -hmm. for a quarter, is going to have two operations assigned to it. So you can do like a, just a Swiss tournament where it's just me against you. We we do the cards or whatever. The or you can do those scenarios, and then the scenario has. Like, match one, these are your condition cards. So they take that turn zero stuff out of it. And you do it as an escalation. It's 400 okay. points the first game, 550 the next game, 600 the next game, and then 800 for the final game. Um, yeah, I guess we'll have to see when yeah, the actual Season 2 yeah. kit comes out. Um, but there are different ways to play for different kind of gamers. Yeah, sure. And I think Absolutely. having those options are great. Right. Um, but th those branching campaigns kind of rely on you being matched up with the same person all the way through just because you can't do like a Swiss pairing. Well, I guess you could do a Swiss pairing. Yes, you can. We just people who, who yeah. lost, you know, but you know, if, if I lost my first game, well, do I get paired up against somebody who won their first game? And now I'm like, th that's, that's where that all kind of comes in where, where those scenario things, you kind of got to have the same person the entire way you go through. To me, the way that if that you works, care, which I well, absolutely would not, no. you know, in one of those <laughs> things. It's like cool. We're playing the next game. What's the setup? 
you know, it's nice that there's a branching story arc, sure. and for people that enjoy that, uh, that's cool. But otherwise, eh, it's just another scenario that's played out. Fair enough. Now, for people who are competitive and, and want to know where they stack up within the community, is there going to be a way to record these scores? So uh, Fantasy Flight does have a uh, tournament reporting software. As far as I know, though, below like the store champ or even regional level, I don't think it really matters for anything other than showing that people are playing games at a said store, okay. you know, which can be taken into uh, account for like regionals uh, where they pick uh, the stores to run that stuff. So we'll definitely be reporting because I'd love to do a Star Wars Legion regionals at our store. But... Um, other than that, like if you've got like ITC for 40K or the Cryodex stuff for X Wing, uh, I don't think I haven't heard of anybody emerging with that kind of thing yet. Okay. It wouldn't surprise me to see the Cryodex guys do a, a, a module for Legion because they have yeah, it. Yeah, they've for already got the infrastructure. The other, so, yeah. And they have it, they have that module in Cryodex for all of the other Fantasy Flight X Wing games. There's Armada, there's Destiny, there's Imperial Assault, there's X Wing. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me at all to see them do that. The last thing I wanted to talk about today on uh, the show was what is your favorite unit that you've seen so far within Star Wars Legion? The Imperial one. <laughs> Ones. <laughs> I, I think we've we've all had enough games in that we uh, we have a good feel for you know what units are good at what you know what what's overcosted, what's overpowered, and I don't think anything is overpowered right now, but. We, we've got a good feel for what we want to stack in our units. Uh, oh, this our, one's easy. Units. My All favorite right. unit is when you're using your ATRT with the Gatling cannon. <laughs> I want right. to have that unit on my side. So I so, don't get to because I'm not you rolling all those damn crits. All right, so we'll just get that one right out of the way since we already teased that one ad nauseum. Um, my favorite unit so far has been the ATRT. And while I've gotten a lot of good mileage from all the units in the Rebel the Rebel Army, I think the ATRT for its point cost and its versatility, I think is probably the best unit that I've seen. Um, now, this reference that Matt's making, um, in our game, he brought two ATSTs, and I had three ATRTs, and, I'm sorry, two ATRTs. Yeah, it was and just two. It was just two. Yeah. And, um, Granted, you shouldn't expect this every time, but uh, in one turn of shooting from my two ATRTs, I was able to drop... 10 crits. Yeah. Now, he went on a fishing expedition, <laughs> and he scored big time. Now, the thing with, with the ATRT, you can use the laser the laser cannon that it has on there that gives you, th- what, two black and one red. Yep. And with impact two. And range four. And range four, which is which is good, but it's a little higher cost. But Five points. I really like the, the versatility of the, the rotary cannon because it gives you five black dice. Um, I, I aimed on both of those. So yeah, and then the, you're surging for crits. You're surging for ATRT, crits. So yeah. you go from having a one out of eight chance to get a crit to wound a vehicle to having 25% chance. And then, you know, I don't want to do the math on it, but when you add the aims in there as well, it's going to give you a good a good chance to do some damage to vehicles as well as being great at killing troops. No, I, I did the math, and when John's rolling the dice, it is uh, 60% of the time it works every damn time. <laughs> Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll probably never see that that level of uh, of accuracy oh, God, for ATRT again. <laughs> but it, it works really well, even you know, just you're taking it on average. And you know, I you talked about you running them naked. You know, 55 points for just a you know yeah. weaponless ATRT. Throw away, kick people in the face unit. Yeah. Sure, but you know, you throw a comms jammer on there, you can disrupt you know the ability for other units to be able to you know to operate you know i haven't played with the the comms jammer yet i don't know there's just it doesn't quite do it for me for the point cost uh at least on paper i should probably just sit down and play a couple of them and see how they do but uh that yeah that'd be a great package because you need to get it clear close for them to uh start kicking and if you're going against vader then you want to make sure he's not activating or, or does he ignore it for himself? It doesn't work for any units that can issue orders. Uh, okay. It's only so units that can receive that, orders. Right. But, but it's still anything at range one. So if you've got uh, you know a separate group that's kind of running autonomous from their from their commander, that's just kind of hovering around that range three or range four bubble. If, you know they got battle meditation. Oh, it would be perfect is if eventually they come with an upgrade card called Rigged Explosives, and you just run them in there and detonate the them. Kamikaze yeah. ATRT. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for the cause. 
<laughs> well, see, now you're now you're just giving Josh more reason to call them terrorists. Oh yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, my yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. My bad. It's the it, it's the A T I E D. But they, they have a lot of versatility, and I think you know from what I've seen on the tabletop so far that they're probably my favorite unit. Cool, Josh. What on the Imperial side? So, I, for my money, you, you can't get any Wait, better. I want to guess. Can I guess? You can guess. DLT stormtroopers. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> well, I mean, you look at you know if if you have a fully kitted out unit of DLT stormtroopers, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, whatever upgrades you want, flavor to taste, concussions or impacts, hooks or targeting scopes, depending on what you want to do. Targeting scopes. Um, Wait, no, you don't need targeting scopes. You got precise. Yeah, yeah but, but getting those rerolling four? four dice is really nice. Oh um, man. Yeah. But. Um, with the with, with the DLT nineteen, it, it's so diverse. I mean, two red dice. Yeah, okay. It's not like the the Z six that the that the rebels get throw you know, volume of fire. You're throwing six white dice, mm-hmm. but two red dice with a surge to hit is gonna probably put two two hits through more often than not. Oh, especially Where, like versus ATRTs, they just nickel and dime those sure. things to yep. pieces. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's useful against it's useful against armor. It's useful against just about anything. Um, and then when you take that, that DLT and you pair it with a Stormtrooper squad, red dice saves, um, all of precise, all of the other benefits, and a unit of Stormtroopers with grenades and a DLT-19, it, it doesn't get any better than that. It's, it's yeah. really, really good. And it's, it's, an, it's an all-around winner. It has no weakness. You know yeah. the the Z six. You're throwing a bunch of white dice, but hoping it's you a get a bunch lucky. of white dice. Yeah. You know um, the Ion Trooper and the HH twelve. You've got to you've got to reload them. There's really no drawback to the DLT nineteen, and it goes out to range four. It's 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 a great squad support weapon, and it's cheap. It's cheap and as versatile as stormtroopers are, yeah. and as tanky as they are with. Uh, with with dodge tokens or not dodge tokens with the red, with, um, red, red defense, with the red defense dice, dice yeah. oh god it's it's yeah, so good it's points well invested uh, yes it is yeah matt what are you thinking you're, you're kind of the wild card here because uh, i'm gonna go I rebel he's go, gonna go imperial yeah, where are no, you going I, from with week this? to week uh i'm just kind of obsessed with the air speeders right now okay uh, i i mean they've always been kind of an iconic favorite from the uh from the movies i am trying to break them now so trying to find the most effective way to use them on the table what have you found so far uh oh man it takes probably a better player than i'm capable of being but they're <laughs> still so much fun just being able to project that kind of violence anywhere i want it to be uh before it inevitably gets shot down into flaming wreckage but uh watching arcs on the atst is definitely necessary to get the most out of those but just having the threat of three red, three black, and then on a very mobile platform is so much fun. And then you know having the the most powerful weapon in the game, yeah. in the front. I mean that that, that that's miniaturized much... Death Star technology. I think is <laughs> right? what we're going for there. But there's a lot of versatility with that too. Um, you know, with throwing on the ground buzzer, you've got you know some extra offense. But I think with the the harpoon. Um, like you said, you can rotate the ATST to make it lose an action and have to pivot. But you can effectively take, if you're playing a mirror match against Rebels, mm-hmm. you can take a airspeeder out of the game with one harpoon shot. I mean, yeah, if you line it up and it's got a compulsory move into a building or off the table, man, yep. that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so that's... I never even thought that you could harpoon another uh, another airspeeder. Yep. I, I didn't even... I mean, I'm, I'm so ingrained in what you use those harpoons for in right? the movies that... You know, no, I think that's a hell of a shot. Yeah, hitting a moving speeder with the with the harpoon. I think that's almost as absurd as throwing grenades at a moving air speeder (laughs) or a lightsaber. (laughs) No, that's just tactics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think this is a rule of airbud situation. It doesn't say you can't. So here you go. Well, I've I've played that to some pretty good effect with with the well, not with the harpoon, but with the uh, the air air speeder, and I have to agree with you. It's it's a very good model. Yeah, I definitely take the harpoon over the ground buzzer. At this point, I think it's just a little bit too situational, a little bit too expensive to try and force that situation. Wedge or no wedge? I mean, if you got the five points, wedge. I mean, it, it can get you out of a tough spot. Uh, I've seen it where I hadn't quite planned 
you know, ahead quite enough that he was able to, you know, okay, now we're just going back. You could also, if you don't finish a unit off in the first pass, you know, you can like, all right, spin around, let's do this again. You know, try to knock off the last couple of troopers on an objective or something like that. So, yeah, Wedge, you know, I, I hope Biggs comes along soon or, <laughs> you know, a pilot Luke or something that Jet can uh, join him up there. There you uh, <laughs> Or Dak, you know. <laughs> Uh, well, I think that pretty much wraps up with uh, what we want to talk about this week. Do you guys have anything else you want to mention, talk about? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Just our usual um, – well, I'll, I'll let Matt go first. Oh, yeah. So I actually should have, yeah, put this in the beginning. But uh, we are very happy to be – we're partnering with the Radio Free Tattooing Network. Uh, they're a, an association of podcasts association of podcasts that are all Star Wars related. Uh, so Radio Free Tattooing, which is kind of a general Star Wars podcast – Galactic War Report for those people like me that play Galaxy of Heroes, and uh, also the Wraithcast po- uh, podcast that uh, they do X-Wing mostly and a, and a bit of Legion. So we'll be getting uh, our updates put up on there. You can uh, take a look at their website. There should be a drop for their uh, radio spot in this program, but uh, RadioFreeTattooing.com. And then, you know, the usual uh, shtick here at the end where we thank uh, Vladimir Putin for downloading our show. Is he still <laughs> our, our uh, dedicated? Down- and yeah. I don't understand this. How do we have more downloads from Moscow than Mississippi? We they probably, have, they probably have, have better internet in Moscow than Mississippi. Probably, yeah. We still better do not educated. have a single download from the state of Mississippi. 49 states in the union have downloaded this show. Romania has downloaded this show. Mississippi? Nah. And like, I don't get that. If you live, but, if you live okay. in Alabama or if you live in Louisiana, just make a road trip across the border. Yeah. Go, to a, go to an internet cafe if they still <laughs> go exist. To see that little dot appear on the map. I'm uh, seriously losing sleep at night over this. Why? Well, God, okay. <laughs> I'm joking. I mean, last and everything, man. That's that's. I the, know, right? The state well, motto, I got to be right? mad at something, oh. right? I mean, that's <laughs> yeah, just like those internet people. Week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go to um, really pick your fights there. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, you know, just encourage everybody if you're, you know, like, like and subscribe. Uh, check us out on Facebook, uh, you know, facebook.com slash Legion Outriders, at Legion Outriders on Twitter. Um, you know, we're not doing much Twitter only content. It's basically just a, a, a refeed of what we're doing on Facebook. But we're trying to be really active on Facebook and, and giving people more places to discuss more topics and and stuff like that so yeah please give us a give us a like give us a a listen give us a share tell your friends um and thanks for listening all right folks that's our show for this week just want to remind you that the legion outrider podcast is brought to you by the radio free tatooine network a podcast network that's better than some and worse than others to see the full lineup of shows head to radiofreetatooine.com see you next week outriders